God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity. You need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says, Let me clear my throat. Let me get my life together. Because I said, child, child, do you know what time it is? Child, I know you know what time it is. First of all, let's talk about how raggedy your friend is. And when I say raggedy, I mean, not only is she just a few minutes late to the live podcast, but she is weeks late, weeks late on even posting a podcast. Can we talk about it? Let's talk about how raggedy your friend is. First of all, she's raggedy. Secondly, like, where have you been? If you follow me on the Instagram or on Facebook, then you know that I have been, um, I don't even want to say going through it because that is not the word. The last podcast that I was supposed to have, my husband injured his shoulder. Well, we thought it was his shoulder at the time. It was his arm, so I had to go to the emergency room. And then after that, I had Night in the Wild in Maryland, and I was supposed to record that week. And then I got evacuated from my house for like five to six days. And then what happened? Oh, then my husband and I went to Dallas for revival and he had surgery and we had Thanksgiving. And now your raggedy friend is back in the building and on the microphone. But I am owning my raggedy. So when you talk about what has been going on in my world, when you talk about how I have been doing, I just want y'all to know that I have been raggedy. But that's all right, because I could not let the Woman Evolve podcast just end without us having a season finale episode. That's right. If you're listening, this is the season finale. Let me answer your question before you even get started. The podcast will be back in January, January 6th. I will be on Facebook Live. Wait, I'm lying. January 1st. Won't he do it? We're going to have a New Year's Day podcast January 1st, and we will be live on January 2nd. And I'm going to just have my life together, okay? I'm going to be refreshed. I'm going to be drinking my gallon of water. I'm going to be working out. I have not been working out. I have been eating all of the carbs, all of them, all of the carbs. And you know what? I've just been just living my best life, okay? Let's see. The husband is doing well after surgery. This was his first surgery. We're not even a week out, but he is on bed rest and I get to be the boss of him, which is awesome. Mackenzie is back to school after being evacuated for a few weeks. She's doing okay. Some of her friends have uh, lost their homes and so she's processing that. So it's been... It's been a crazy week. If you remember when this season of the podcast started, I was all upset and crying because I was trying to record and I couldn't get in the studio and I just put so much work and I was so excited into the podcast. And I think with this season, what quarter four of this life that I live has taught me more than anything is to not be married to my plans. Still plan because plans show responsibility, but to make your plans flexible. And if you are like me and you are a planner, then having flexible plans is not your strong suit. But I am learning that it is the only way that you can find peace in the middle of the storm when you have a trust that in spite of the fact that I 
currently don't know what's happening in my world. It's going to be okay. And so, yes. But what has been going on in your world? That's right. I've missed you. I've missed all of you. And I want you to know that I get your DMs. I get it when you tag me in posts. I just want y'all to know that I have been keeping up with the keeping up. Okay. I've been doing my best. But I want to know what's happening in your world. Are you drinking your water? If you're listening to the podcast, and let me tell you something, I am not just here by myself in my closet. I am being joined with my friends from literally all over the world on the Woman Evolve Facebook Live page. Joy White is chiming in. Nikki Strong is in the building. Crystal Holmes is here. All of my girls have logged in because listen, Woman Evolve the podcast is time for us to like connect and say, ciao. You ain't going to believe this child. And so, yes, here we are. Okay. So let me see. How have you been doing? Pamela says, I have been drinking my water. Come on, somebody. I have water. I haven't been drinking it. You better own your truth, SJR. I have it. Raise your hand if you're like me and you have water with you at all times that you don't drink. You know why I don't like drinking all of my water? Because I don't like going to the bathroom all the time. Okay. Now, here we are. There's my truth. Stanila says she is getting ready for these college finals and bless your heart. We want you to do that for us. Of those of us who couldn't do it. Okay. Do that thing because some of us weren't able. And uh, hopefully, though, we will be able to celebrate with you. I'm going to get in on your graduation. I'm going to pray for your college finals. And then when you graduate, it's going to be like I walked across the stage. Come on, somebody. You got to have harvest in other people's dreams. That's a whole nother word that y'all not ready for, okay? Dia says, I've signed up for boot camp and a 30-day challenge. I literally fainted, but God, there was a nurse, <laughs> but there was a nursing class and child, she brought me back to life. Come on, somebody. Let me tell you, I am going to Orange Theory tomorrow because I'm tired of living in rebellion. And I just, the only thing getting me through Orange Theory is the fact that I'm going to go with my daughter and I'm just looking at it as us having some one-on-one bonding time and not me signing up and paying to be destroyed, okay? Nicole says, haven't been drinking water, eating right, or going to the gym. High five, girl. If you was right here in this closet with me, I would give you a chest bump because sometimes I don't do none of it. But I tell you what I have been doing, minding my business. I have been. I had to go digging for stories today. Charlotte says, drinking water, but went to McDonald's for lunch. Let me tell you about McDonald's. Every time I go, I know it's trash. If the kids want McDonald's, I'm like, y'all know it's trash. And if I don't find my hands in them French fries every single time, and let me tell you, I took my son to the orthodontist appointment today, and he wanted to get some McDonald's, and I retched over. I retched over in that brown paper bag. And when I retched over in that brown paper bag, let me tell you something. Somebody, whoever was working fries today at our McDonald's decided that this was their dream job and that they were going to show up and do it right. And let me tell you something. They did that thing. And I hate that. Every time I don't want to eat, when I want to eat McDonald's, let me test, let me tell you my story. When I want to eat McDonald's, it's not good. When I don't want to eat McDonald's, the French fries are just fried and salted to just to crispiness. Okay. How about that? Ashley says, nursing got me down to my pre-pregnancy weight. Come, listen, I just got down to my pre-pregnancy weight and Ella's about to graduate from college. What are you doing with your life? In this here Facebook Live. Chelsea says that she's missed the podcast. I missed you, child, too. I missed you. Okay. Karen says they opened up a Chick-fil-A by her school. God is real. Yes, he is. And his grace is always abounding. Okay. So let's get it. All right. Are y'all ready? Um, Let's talk about these stories for today. So 
Rescue Eve. If you haven't been listening, this is like, I ain't going to recap, but few, but just, you know, so many times. You have to go back and listen to other episodes to keep up with what's happening here in the delegation. But my first rescue, Rescue Eve, is a part of the podcast where we look at stories in the headline and we pull out things that culture or people as a whole are not agreeing with. And we take a moment as the Woman Evolved delegation and say, yes, we see how someone could be dragged for having this opinion or saying this thing. But because we have been called to be the hands and feet of Christ, we're going to try and show empathy towards people who have made mistakes. And by showing empathy, perhaps we can spread compassion in our circle of the world wherever it is okay so I want to start with a story that struck a chord with so many of you precious lambs okay let me tell you this first story um, is a friend of our family my husband and pastor John Gray are great friends and I saw this story and to be honest okay for those of you who don't know let me tell you pastor John Gray has his video and he was being interviewed on a show sister circle and uh, while he was on the show he was just talking about how his wife Aventer who's a good friend of mine is um a coat that was two sizes too large for him. First of all, I'm slow. It take me eight weeks to process stuff. When he said that, I didn't even understand it. But because he kept on talking, I caught up. And basically how he had to grow into her. He uh, met her at a time where he was still healing as a man and stepping into his purpose. And she was ahead of him. And so she was able to be covering for him and not a lid. And uh, social media, first of all, Google it because I'm sure I jacked it up. Um, But here's the thing. So social media was upset about this because they were talking about how so many times a woman is put in a situation where she um, is called to help a broken man become all that he can be and how it's unfair to women and things such such and such. Okay, here's the thing. When I watched the video again, because I had to go back and watch it, but when he said it, okay, let me tell you, when he said it, I had to think to myself, is that true with me and my husband's relationship? The answer was no. Um, Let me tell you, if anybody was two sizes too big, it was him on me. Because let me tell you, when I first met my husband, I told him, I'm going to send you a playlist of my top 10 songs. Okay, had some T.I. in it, had some Bun B in it, had some Avril Lavigne in it, had like some Kirk Franklin that was as gospel and CCM as I was getting. And I was like, here I am. These 10 songs make up who I am. Okay, my husband is saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. And so am I. Okay. But let me just say this. When I saw the video, I did not relate to it. But I did not think that he was saying that all women need to be coverings. I think that what he said was that his wife was a covering. And I do feel a responsibility as a leader especially as a woman in ministry. See, the thing is that here's, here's, okay, here's the thing. And I might let Facebook Live get in on this, but here's the thing. 
I think that it is challenging for men in ministry to understand the pressures that are often put on women in faith communities. Uh, Pressure to be married, pressure to, you know, be good moms, pressure to be this Proverbs 31 woman, pressure to be patient, pressure, pressure to just be this woman who is, you know, always showing the love of God. And it can appear in some instances that men are not met with those same amount of pressures to become and evolve and grow. And so having said that, I am sensitive to the idea of women being um, handled delicately when it comes to relationships so that we aren't settling. One of the reasons why I know I ended up in a toxic marriage before I met my husband is because I just felt like if I get married, I'll fi- it'll fix everything. And it doesn't matter whether or not he has his stuff together. As long as I have this illusion of having a family, then we'll be fine. And so I don't know. I think that that's a pressure that is often placed on women that we have become sensitive to. Having said that, I just don't think that John Gray was talking to us, you know, I just, I just don't think he was talking to us. I think he was talking to them and I don't think that he was talking to us. And I just want to know, can we rescue him because we mind our business and he wasn't talking to us about how we need to live our life, but rather what worked for him and his wife. I don't know. Deidre Best says it's a no for me. Just straight up, okay? Felicia says, it bothers me when people take a snippet of a message with the wrong way and run with it. That's That happens, okay? What did you all say? What say ye? Danette says, exactly, that was his take. If she was interviewed, maybe she would say the same thing. Now, let me tell you something. If you don't have a cult ministry in your life, you got to know that. Let me tell you. Let me bless y'all with this real quick. You know what set me free? I realized that I don't have a cult ministry. What I'm saying is I don't have the same kind of grace to help a man who was two sizes, too small, grow into who God has called him to be while I just covered that process. I tried to be a coat. It turns out that I'm more like a Spanx kind of girl. Like when, um, is that it? I don't know. I just, it's not a coat for me. Coat is not, it's not a lid neither. Um, I can stretch like Spanx, but I also want to know what you're working with. You got to have a little form for Spanx to even work properly. I'm, I, I got a Spanx kind of love. I can meet you where you are. I can help you get to where you need to be, but you're going to have to squeeze into this thing. Are there any other Spanx ministries listening to this podcast? Um, maybe you have a coat ministry and that is beautiful for you. I think that's excellent for you, but for me, Spanx. Danielle says, a lot of people who disagreed with Pastor John Gray were not married. You know, I don't know. Donna says, we're saving him. That's his testimony about his wife. Tamika says, child, nah, he was definitely not talking to us. No shit. He was not talking. I know he wasn't talking to me. And see, maybe part of the reason why I didn't think nothing of what he said is because I knew he wasn't talking to me because I don't have a coat ministry. I tried. And if you don't have a coat ministry, what he said could possibly irritate you. Um, But if you realize that I don't have to have a coat ministry, you know, what God has for me is for me. He's going to bring me a man who's in the midst of his springtime, not too cold, not too hot, right in the middle of just blooming and and just becoming who got flourishing, if you will. I don't have a coat ministry there. And there are people who do, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not for me. 
Dana says, I don't think he meant to imply that his wife was dragged in his mess. Rather, maybe both of them had some stuff because he was the head. She was his covering. Yes. I definitely don't think he was talking to everybody. Who else? Well, what else do you have? Kalindra says, I've retired from the coat, shoes, and pants ministry. I'm done raising adults. Call me back when you know your size and mine, too. Let me tell you something, Kalindra. Who child, when I got divorced after trying to be a coat, it ain't nothing worse than trying to be a coat when God has called you to be Spanx. Just go with me, okay? Um, you know, because Spanx ain't going to never keep you warm. And so I'm not going to be able to be your coat. But when I got on out of that, I said, listen, I can't be no coat ministry and you can call me back. And let me tell you, when I met my husband, he was such a grown man. I thought, wow, you are a grown man. And, um, you know, you would think that just because a person has a certain age that they would be a grown man man but just because they are aged does not mean that they are matured oh did y'all hear that word just because they are aged doesn't mean that they're mature it sounded simple but it was a word and if you would let that get down in your spirit it might change your life Taiwanda says people need to stay out of other people's marriages rescue okay so that's the question is can we rescue I think we can rescue him because he wasn't talking to me Joy White says, stretch, yes, but I'm not covering. That's not my design. I is not a coat. And it ain't nothing wrong. Some people are, okay? Maria Maria Beltran, she understands. She says, some women just have that grace to be a coat. Some women do. I'm not, that's not me. And that's okay. Jeanette says we can rescue him. We all have our own experiences and lessons. It's not one size fits all. Okay, can we rescue? Demetra says, exactly. If it don't apply, let it fly. Rescue, come on, somebody. Tiffany Johnson says, yes, amen for this spandexes ministry. Says, save him, grace and mercy. He gets a pass. If the word wasn't for us, it's on to the next. I knew it wasn't for me, and I kept it pushing. I was surprised that people were even upset. Okay, Tapria says we can rescue him because people just like to attack when they're defensive. But, I mean, I think that women... And I've never been a white woman in church or a Mexican woman in church. So excuse me if I'm speaking ignorantly. I can only talk about my black woman experience in church. But I do think that black women in church who are progressive in thought have become very resistant when it comes to this notion of a woman's role being how she cares and tends to her husband. I think that as women, um, specifically progressive women in a time where, you know, women are starting more businesses and becoming more educated, that there is this idea that my identity has to be more than just what kind of wife that I am. And as for me, my, me being being a wife is a large part of who I am, but the reason why I am a wife is because I know who I am. And because I knew who I was, I was able to become a partner to my husband, but I did not become a wife so that I could discover who I am. And so I think anything that sounds like this is what a woman should do and this is how women should act, I think that we are going to be a little bit resistant to. But having said that, he wasn't talking about all women and he wasn't saying that this is what everyone needs to do. He was minding his his business, talking about his experience. Jamie did mention that this is going to be his second rescue. Did I I rescue? When did I rescue? I want to thank the official record keeper, Jamie, for helping me. What I do feel like I rescued him, but I can't remember what it was for. I know it didn't have nothing to do with White House because I tried to stay out the politics. Um, Oh, you know what? I think it was. Was it the Sierra video about the girlfriend's spear? I don't know. 
Okay. All right. Deja says, but the church needs to train up husbands too. And I totally agree with you. And my husband is that when you come to our church, everybody going to get it the same level. The church does need to train up husbands as well. And, um, you know, I think there are churches like ours that are committed to doing that. Uh, but if they put just as much pressure, what do you, what would it take? I'm not a man. I should have had my husband on this episode. But like, what would it take for men to be as receptive to these messages as women have become? Women have become so receptive to those messages that now they are resistant because they haven't noticed that the counterpart is getting the same amount of information and challenges. But I just wonder what that would take. I'm just glad, child. I'm just, I'm just glad. Okay. Um, Marquita says, rescue him because anything pastors say will be taken out of context just to justify those looking for an excuse. Now I would stay out of church. And let me tell you something that get on my nerves. I do want y'all to know this from the bottom of my heart. When stuff happens in church and y'all like, this is why I don't go to church, that, oof, 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 oof. Nothing irritates me more than that. Child, this is not why you don't go. Okay, maybe it is why. It's, let me let me rescue myself from being upset with folks. You know, maybe that is why you don't go to church, but like maybe it's not as well. Like because this incident doesn't have anything to do with your church experience. But if you do paint the church with one broad stroke, then you are going to just mix everything in there at one time. But there are churches, you know, maybe it's not my church. Maybe it's not a church that you saw on Instagram, but there are churches, I believe, that are just as unique as different types of restaurants. Okay, you don't like Mexican food? That don't mean you stop eating Italian food. You find a restaurant that fits your needs and your taste buds, but please stop painting this church with these broad strokes, okay? There are some people who don't like to have women pastors and they can say, oh, well, this is why I don't go to church. Well, there are churches that don't have women pastors, so that's not why you don't go to church. You just gave up after your few experiences, and I need y'all to forgive the church because the church is beautiful. There's nothing like being in a room full of believers all of them worshiping and lifting their hands when you find your right church, okay? All right, all right. Come on, Kara Little John says, she did, she reminded me, it doesn't matter how many times he was rescued, Jesus rescues us all. Come on, somebody. Okay, so it sounds like we're rescuing Brother John Gray. And I believe that's beautiful. Lanisha Hammond says, that's why I only go to your church online. Sometimes it be like that, okay? Okay, just before moving on, I just want to hear from Charlene says, I am a coach to my husband. God, God called me to do it because he knew that I was fit. He knew that I could pray my husband through. He knew that I could handle the trials and tribulations. I don't babysit, I cover. Come on, Charlene. And you hear what she said? There was a key word in what she said. God called me to do it. If God is calling you to be a coach, you better be a uh, you better be a coat. All right. All right. So we're going to rescue Pastor John Gray. Um, I'm trying to figure out which one of the rescues I want to use that y'all going to tell me no to um, first. Because let me tell you, if this is your first time listening, the delegation don't be trying to rescue people. Um, they be a little bit. They gas money. It's the holidays. They be out here trying to stay away from folks. Um... Can I ask y'all a question? Do y'all want to rescue Macy's? Or are we not rescuing Macy's? I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but Macy's put out a holiday ad that in my estimation was meant to celebrate different types of families. 
Um, from what I can tell, they had what a uh, culture would call a traditional family. They happened to be of what I can only assume is European descent, as they were a bit lighter and fair-skinned. They also had a, um, a gay couple. There was two guys, and they have two children. And then there was a Black woman with three children who did not have a husband represented in the photo. And Macy's was being dragged for this representation of family because the woman did not have a husband in the photo. At first hand, let me tell you, you know what? On Throwback Thursday, I'm going to post a picture of when I did a Christmas card with me and my two kids. At first hand, when I saw that, it was like validation for who I used to be because I never saw single moms celebrated as family. So maybe I'm dull of wit in this season, but I did not necessarily take it as an affront against um, family because as a single mom, I know what it's like to not see, I mean, broken homes, broken families. Like that's what a single mom generally represents. And so to see this woman laughing with her kids in her pajamas in this ad with um, a depiction of family, I didn't think was um, anything wrong with it. But thanks to social media, I learned that there was something wrong with it. And um, the saints are not here for it. Um, I can tell you so many people already in Facebook Live saying no. Marquita Johnson says no save. Alexis says no ma'am. Brene said they were rightfully dragged. Ain't no rescuing them. Katie Brown says I'm a single mom and I love that they're represented. Now, let me tell you, Katie, I I. I guess there's something wrong with us because that's exactly what I thought as well. I thought, you know, wow, like I this would have done something for me when I was a single mom to see my family taken into account. Um, Joy White says, can we just see more representations of good black families? Uh, Sharon says, no, not even a floaty. And Brene says, there's white single moms as well, though, sis. That, that is true. That is true. Um, OK, so can I say this? Can I just... I would like to say this. Um, this is why Macy's need to have black people working for them, because I think that we can awaken them to the sensitivities. Like maybe instead we do, because I think that, oh, Lord, I ain't had to rescue folks in a long time. I didn't got hot up underneath my wig. I'm tired. I see all of these no comments on my Facebook live. But let me tell you, OK, um, the, the saints are saying no. Um, Lori Lordly says that was so offensive. No, our boats are full. The helicopter went in for maintenance. We will pray for them, but we won't dispatch. I will just say when you have black people working for you, you can say things. Um, we can help you to understand the sensitivities of our culture. Um, if you're listening to this podcast and you are not black, I will tell you that part of the reason why many of us were offended by the ad is because there is this idea of broken families in the black community and anything that underscores that is going to be sensitive to us, um, you know, to have the traditional family and then the quote unquote single family black or single parent home be of black descent is you know can be discouraging um Angela Dunaway says I think Macy was Macy's was trying to cover everyone I think so too um I I do think that as well I just think that 
just uh, something as simple as changing the colors of the people represented it represented probably would have been better. Okay. Ooh, I just I just want y'all to know that when I initially saw it, I just want to be honest about my truth. When I saw it, I was like, oh, wow, that's dope that they're finally seeing that you can be a single mom with children and that be a, a, a whole family. It doesn't necessarily have to look like that. I don't know, child. Um, one of my friends says, Deja says, okay, that's fine, but show the single white moms too. Monet says, I don't see anything wrong with that. It's a lot of people's reality. I think because it was my reality that I just, I don't know. Jocelyn says, we good love and joy. Monica says, representing a single mom is one thing. Speaking that over a culture that gets stereotyped is a no. I I get that. I think that I think that is simple. Okay, so can we can we just can we rescue the idea but throw away the execution? I hey guys, I have a question. I have a I have an idea. Can we rescue the idea possibly and just throw away the execution? And let's let's be for real. Sometimes you have a good idea but the execution don't work out. Some of y'all cook Thanksgiving and your heart was in the right place but your macaroni and cheese was in the wrong place. And so if we could rescue the idea but not the execution, I just want to submit that for consideration. No? Lauren says I was raised by a single black mom so I got five on the boat. Come on, Lauren. Thank you. Uh, Tiana says, try again. Macy's no rescue. Monica says, Macy's was accurate in the representation part. Black fathers have been taken away from families. Oh, hey, that's deep. I just, it's a little, not, I think there are absent fathers in every community. Not all black fathers have been taken away, but that is certainly a reality that I can't discuss without Ava DuVernay and a wig that is a little shorter and less hot than this one on right now. Brianna says, child, if y'all can rescue John, then certainly we can rescue Macy's. Did anybody shop at Macy's for Black Friday? How 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 mad was y'all really? That's what I want to know. Is how upset was y'all really? When Macy's opened up them Black Friday doors, did y'all turn away? I'm just asking. Alicia says, they were all cute. The execution was lit. Okay. Shauna says, I mean, I feel you. That's how I felt about the big girls on the JCPenney's ad. Okay, Camille says we can rescue the idea, but not the execution. All right. We got to negotiate for rescues. We will rescue the idea, but not the execution. Chelsea Gilmore says they should have shown single male fathers as well. Then Macy's covers all based that there's a word with that as well. Okay. All right. I'm going to move on from that because it got thick in here. Okay. Camry says, I'm upset now. I definitely just bought my boys some coats. Oh, Camry, don't be upset. First of all, it's cold. It's wintertime. And them babies need to be warm. Okay? Now, don't do that now. All right? Uh, Kimberly says, rescue. Love the efforts. Not all single mothers are unhappy. Let me tell you, I'm going to post my um, throwback Thursday at me with my Christmas card with me as a single mother. And I did us a Christmas card. And we had on matching pajamas. And let me tell you something. The joy of the Lord was our strength because I wasn't with raggedy. Come on, somebody. All right, we're going to rescue the idea. I'm going to pull out the private jet and I'm going to move quickly because I know that you all will flatten my tires on this rescue. What I'm putting on the private jet is simple. The idea, I will leave the execution at TSA waiting to see what thus saith the Lord, okay? I'm just going to take what I can get. Okay, so we rescued Pastor John. We have taken the private jet for Macy's idea, but not 
the execution. Um, <laughs> there's another story that probably questioned. There's a couple stories. It's probably going to make you question whether or not you can continue to be my friend. But I want to throw them out there anyway. I'm going to run through them quickly. I missed a lot of stories, so y'all just going to have to go with me if y'all don't already talked about these things. But let me tell you, the first one is this. Um, there was a mom who got in trouble for driving her son to the police station on the hood of her car, um, which is totally, totally inexcusable. And ultimately, she just ended up driving herself to jail because you can't do that. I do want to put $3 on her books because when I read this story and I saw that the little boy was 12 years old, I thought to myself at 12 years old, I can understand how you ended up in a position where you needed an intervention. First of all, they said the 12-year-old boy had a tantrum. Do you know that tantrums are for preschoolers? Do you do you even know that? That when you say the word tantrum, I automatically think toddler. I automatically think pull-ups. You cannot be 12, year, 12 years old and having a tantrum. And if you are a boy and you are 12 years old and having a tantrum, I might, I might need a car or a ladder to help you get your life together. Because, um, you know, at 12, 12 is right about the age where sons start to think that they're bigger than you and can no longer get in trouble. And, um, you know, I can see she went too far. She did go too far. But I do want to offer up just three dollars, just three dollars. That's not even just three is what I'm saying, because tantrum at 12, I can see how you could be confused by that. And I think in the midst of your confusion, we have a responsibility to just make sure that we do the right thing and that we take care of one another. And I think that she could have done that a bit better. But um, I wish you would have a 12 year old tantrum. I, I just I just I just don't even understand that. Tisha says, I got a hot $3 with you. Just $3. I can't even give you a full five because because I just need, I just don't even know what my finances are going to look like after Christmas. So I can't even offer you any more than that. But I can give you $3. Denise got $10 on the books. Denise stayed out of Macy's, unlike the rest of us. She got $10 on it. Brendan says, I'm good with $3 for her. Just 3 Come on, Jocelyn says she feels this. It's just $3. Can I get $3 onto my sister's books? Because, listen, you would have to have kids to understand that the tantrum age is really in that whole pull-up range. If you get to get to being 12 and having tantrums, you don't want to live with me anymore. If you are 12 years old and you are having a tantrum, what you're really saying to me is, I don't want to live with you anymore. I want to find somewhere else to live because there is no tantrum at 12. Queen Joy says she's got 50 cents on it. Mm-hmm. Camille says, I would have had him walk beside the car. That's behind the car. And that probably would have been more wise. I wonder how, my God, and he probably had to hang on to the hood of that car for dear life. That wasn't right. But I understand how she got there. Because um, sometimes you just be out there. Takara says, I got $40 on her books. Takara, can you put $40 on my books, please? Okay, thank you. She said that boy probably be running that poor lady up the wall for sure. Do you know how angry you have to be to put your child on the hood of a car and drive them to a police station? Like she was confused. 
Um, Tanisha wants to know if she's a single mom. I don't want to make judgments about people's life, but let me tell you something. I just have to assume that she decided that this car was going to be all of the testosterone that he needed in this season. I don't know. I'm just saying. So Danielle says, I got this. My 12-year-old son is giving me the blues. So here's the question is, can we rescue her? Okay, can we rescue the mom who put her son on the hood of her car um, to to teach him a lesson after he threw a tantrum? It's not right. I'm not saying it's right. When we rescue people, we're not saying it's right. But what we are saying is, girl, I feel you. And I understand how you was that wrong. All I, all I need to know is I understand. Camila says, did he die? I would never rescue him, her, for if the son would have died. He was just shaken up a little bit, shaken but not stirred. He is well and alive. And hopefully declaring the works of the Lord, because let me tell you what he knows now. Oh, I feel something on this. Maybe that brought about a level of deliverance in his spirit. I wonder if he's still having tantrums, because there's got to be something about the hood of the car that makes you call on the name of Jesus and to say, God, forgive me. And if you get me out of this, I ain't going to never have a tantrum again. Maybe... Maybe she's on to something. So I don't know. I don't know. Charlene says we should rescue her. I almost threw mine out the window. Lord, help me. Sometimes Jesus help us. Samantha says no rescue. Some bread on her books. And I said, that's all right. I'll, I'll take what I can get. Okay. I'll take what I can get. I'll, if it's $3, we'll, we'll do $3. Okay. Shanika says rescue. She just had a moment where she needed to pray while driving. Okay. And hopefully he knows the Lord. Now, Letitia says we can rescue her. He probably plucked her last good nerve. We need to introduce her to the belt ministry. Let me tell you something now. I know some of y'all, we can talk about that belt ministry later on. But at 12 years old, you might need a, a, a 12-year-old boy may not need a belt ministry. He may need a, I don't even want to say nothing because I don't want to incriminate myself. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know what I'm saying, if you know what I'm saying. If you don't know what I'm saying, then I ain't said nothing, okay? Don't make no assumptions, but if you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying. Dee says she can be rescued, but sis, wouldn't calling the police scare him more, in my opinion? Possibly, but the police don't. This is what she was going to do, I think. I don't know her. I'll talk to her when I get up there on the books. I think that she was driving him up to the police station to scare him. If I actually call the police, then I might get in trouble, which sis didn't know she was going to get in trouble anyway, but that's fine. That's fine, okay. Kristen Sierra says, "I'll save it for <laughs> I'll say it for you." The fist ministry. Kristen said it. I didn't say it, but Kristen said something. Twelve years old. Do you know how big twelve? My son is sixteen, and he is six foot three. At twelve, he was right above me. And you can't have no tantrum at twelve because I need to show you that you can't have no tantrum at twelve. Okay, all right. So we're going to rescue this mom, me and some of the other moms who should probably have some counseling when raising our children are going to rescue the mom. So let me see who else we finna rescue. Can I do some honorable mentions very quickly? Because I'm going to be here all day with you all. I miss so many stories, but I want to do an honorable mention. Um, my first honorable mention is Lauren Hill, who uh, showed up two hours late and performed for 32 minutes at her last show. Um, 
I knew y'all wasn't going to rescue her, but I just thought since I was going to be late on this podcast that I should not point the finger and at least get the 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 plywood. What is the word? Can somebody Google the scripture for me? I'm going to get the stint. Is it a stint? Get the thing. Get the speck out your own eye. So I'm going to get the speck out my own eye before we get to Dragon Lauren Hill. I wanted to, I'm going to rescue her. I'm going to give her one of those uh, life vests from Baywatch that we got last season, and I'm going to throw that on Lauren Hill. That's going to be my honorable mention rescue. Amber says, nope, leave her where she at. And Samantha says, nope, we need to pack it on up. And Victoria says, Lauren knows she was wrong. She does. She does know she was wrong. And I knew I was wrong for being late as well. Okay. So, all righty. Um, they're not going to rescue Lauren Hill. That's fine. Um, can we rescue KFC? KFC has decided to start serving chicken and waffles. Um, because y'all keep talking about Chick-fil-A. And they decided that we're going to give you some breakfast. And some of the saints said, don't worry about it. Can we rescue KFC? Let me tell you something. I thought it was a brilliant idea. Um, I knew that some of the saints weren't going to be here for it, but I personally don't see anything wrong with chicken and carbs. It sounds like a God idea, if you ask me. But um, some of the saints said it's too late for them. Once again, Amber says, no. Trinette says, I was advised not to go. Oh, to Lauren. Oh, yes. I knew y'all weren't going to rescue her. All right. Okay, so let's see. I have another. Loria says, no rescue. They need to stick to mashed potatoes. Denise says, no chicken and waffles at KFC. Eugenia says, no, ma'am. KFC is reaching with that. But that's all right. Let me tell you something. I, I haven't been. Has anyone been? Maybe I should try them before I... Okay, before, no, I'm not going to KFC. Um, I'm one of those people who's loyal, and I'm loyal to a certain kind of chicken. Um, If I'm going to be eating chicken off a bone, I'm going to be loyal to Popeye's. But if I'm going to be eating boneless chicken, I'm going to let you know right now that the Lord has called me in this season of my life to be loyal to Chick-fil-A. But if somebody goes and tries those chicken and waffles, can y'all let me know? Brittany says I ate the chicken and waffles and they weren't bad. It's it's an excellent idea. Um, Could you get Eggos and chicken nuggets and um, Eggos and Chick-fil-A nuggets? Possibly. But who wants to make all of that running around? So, uh, sounds like no one wants to rescue KFC. That's fine. Can I have another honorable mention for the rescues? Um, I want to just, for a friend, this rescue's for a friend. I would never submit this, but because I know some of y'all petty, I just want to submit this. Um, did y'all hear about the thieves? Thieves that stole thousands of dollars in Louis Vuitton by lying to UPS. I know y'all don't want to rescue no theft. I know y'all don't want to rescue no thievery. I know y'all don't have grace for that. The thieves managed to walk off with thousands of dollars of Louis Vuitton merchandise simply by telling the people they worked for the Louis store. They called UPS and said they worked for the Louis store and then told them to stop all deliveries because like the basement had flooded. Google this story. It's really something else. Um, And then they walked out with the deliveries instead. Um, And I want to rescue them because I need to ask them some questions about, I need to go through. I want them to come on and bring them packages with you. Come on, let me rescue you and, and get them packages on this jet. And let's just talk about how we can move forward from him from here. Is that all right with y'all or do y'all, because, or no. 
I don't know if you guys are okay with that. Jamel says they're heroes. Karina says, I want to rescue entrepreneurship. That's something is happening here. Samantha says, rescue them and tell them to send me back. Let me tell you, Tawana, I tell you what, Tawana Alexander is the integrity police of the Woman Evolved delegation. And Tawana, I, you know, I agree with you when she says that they cannot be rescued, they need to go directly to jail. Um, there's a part of me, Tawana, I want to be honest, um, before I was saved the way that I am currently saved years ago, years, years, girl, decades ago, where part of me would have wanted to be friends with such a level of mastermind. Um, but God has saved me. But I have to tell you, sometimes you hear a story and it speaks to who you used to be and not who you are. And who I am now thinks they need to go to jail. Um, but who I was just came up out of hiding like peekaboo, girl, that was a good idea. Uh, peekaboo, girl, where they selling them bags at? You know, peekaboo, girl, you need to go to the beauty supply and see if you can copy one of them bags. That's who, what the old me said. But Tawana, you reminded me that the new me is not the old me. And um, I'm glad you're here with me where I am now. But I can tell you some of the Woman Evolved delegates are not where they need to be. Uh, Brandilyn says, let's rescue the LV robbers. I agree. Um... Let's see. Marquita says, UPS must not have caller ID. You show right. Cassandra says, Lord, Lord, I could use a bag. Oh, Lord. Because let me tell you something. Whew. I can't. Um, I just, I, I have trouble spending money on bags and things. For some, I wish the Lord would break this wig spirit off of me because it's it's getting, it's really gotten out of control. But I, I don't have no wigs that are Louis Vuitton bag worthy. But I, you know, I'm just saying, if they would have told me that that happened back years ago when I was who I was and they would have told me we got these bags off the truck and we selling them down at the beauty supply for like, you know, pennies on the dollars, I would have been in trouble. I would have been in trouble. But thank God I'm not who I used to be. Jamia, Jamia, Jim, I want to say your name right. Can I call you Jimmy? Jimmy, I want to say Jimmy Ma. I don't know. Can you DM me how to say your name so I can say it right? But I just want you to know that I agree with you when you say that I could offer storage because, <laughs> um, nope, see, that was the old me talking again. You see, they just keep on peekabooing through. Um, but that's a clever idea. I just want to offer storage. You, Someone can put them on the boat and someone can rescue the bags from the grasp of the enemy and then we can just wait for the local authorities to make it our way and just maybe they would want to gift it to us adrian says somebody in trouble is somebody in big trouble at ups kenya says jesus would forgive them and so should we look at look look, look at the woman evolved delegation all sensitive and empathetic to folks now when i was trying to rescue macy's y'all was all no they should have known better and whoop de whoop woo y'all wouldn't even save kfc but now it's time to save somebody and then sold some lv bags sold stole not sold stole did they sell them i don't know the lv bags and y'all done found y'all's grace praise the lord praise the lord Cameron says, I'm not saying they're right, but I wear a size clutch. I'm not saying they're right neither, but I do think that the, if we probably touched and agree, nope, see, the old me keeps talking. All right, but so we're not going to rescue them. That was honorable mention. My last honorable mention for the rescue section is a teacher who was arrested 
after he was seen punching a student. Let me read you this story. A Maywood teacher was arrested Friday after he was involved in a fight with a student during class. Video from the confrontation at Maywood Academy High School shows the teacher and the student exchanging blows during band class. Students in the class say an argument over school dress code was what escalated the situation and the student was taken to the hospital. Uh, For some reason, the students seemed to think that it was both of their faults. I was scared for the kid and partly for the teacher, too. Uh, evidently the parents are torn over this situation because the student is known as being aggressive. Um, um, I just saw the video and when I saw the video, um, I think at one point that, okay, it says the video shows a Maywood Academy junior egging on the teacher while using racial slurs. At one point, he even threw his baseball at the man or basketball at the man. And that's when my, I, I said, oh, um, when they said that, I said, oh, because, you know, racial slurs and throwing basketballs at folks is, um, that's not right. And I just understand that you're not supposed to do that. But I do. Katie Brown said Katie Brown said a word. Katie Brown says I would have fought them too. these cat. These kids are wild. Katie, you've spoken a word on here today because I like to think of myself as pretty level headed. But first of all, high school suggested me. I told you my son is 16. He's in high school. He's 6'3". For a minute there, I could start to think that you are a grown individual. And when you start throwing racial slurs, I could for a minute think that we were on equal playing field and I could see myself not being myself anymore. And, you know, if the student is going to be that wrong, you know, I don't know the teacher. I don't know. Let me tell you something. I think being a teacher is like being a coat. If I could steal from my brother, John Gray. And you got to be willing to let these students grow into who they're going to be. And uh, maybe that's just a high school teacher. Maybe it's all teachers. But you have to know that you're called to be a coat. And that's why I think that I would have ended up in trouble because the mature part of me says, you know, this kid is probably troubled. He has some issues and this is not our problem and we just need to pray for him. But there's a part of me that spanks part of me that's not a coat, but is rather spanks would have said, um, uh, nuck if you buck. Nuck if you buck. You know what I'm saying? Do y'all know what? Is there anybody else who understands a nuck if you buck? Natasha says, rescue. These kids push all the buttons. Alexis Young says he would have had to receive these hands in the name of Jesus. I just want to rescue the teacher. You was He was wrong for doing it. I know. I know he was wrong. Um, But I just don't think he was like wrong, wrong. I think he was one wrong instead of two wrongs. And I just want him to come back into the school district just or maybe not be in the school district at all. But I want him to know, you know, if you're going to go back once we rescue him and them LV bags, if we pass by them on the way, I think we should just tell him if you're going to be a teacher, you might need to not be a high school teacher or you might need to choose something else because these kids are out here pushing us. Okay. (coughs) destiny lender says it takes so much out of me not to grab up some of my students when they talk slash act foolish i can't imagine it and that's but destiny let me tell you i'm praying for you 
I'm praying for you because God has called you into that school. He's called you into that classroom. He's called you into that season of their life because you are the only one who's who's equipped to bring out what God has placed on the inside of them. And he has not called me to do that. And I need to thank him. I need to be more grateful when I wake up in the morning that he has not called me to do that yet. Okay. Shauna Gimble says, see, now I don't know because he chose to be a teacher. We want to excuse police officers for that thing, for that too. Now, she spoke a word. I think, uh, <coughs> is it different? Is it different? Um, is it different? I'm trying to figure out if it's different. It's a word. I have to process things. I mean, when you become a teacher, should you expect a certain level of immaturity from students? I don't know. I don't know. That sounds like it's going to make my heart, my head hurt. But yeah, I don't know. Shana, you, Shana, you have all the questions, but Monica, or all that, yeah, Monica says, rescue him. Too many people think teachers are there to teach your kid manners and need to realize it's the parent's job. You right. Jasmine says, it's the real nook if you buck ministry. I'm the secretary. Come on, somebody. Can we start them shirts next, next year? Nuck if you buck ministry. Jamie says, you chose to teach not to be disrespected. Police are supposed to uphold the law. It feels a little bit different, but I think that there's, I see I see what she's saying, but it does feel, uh, it. you know what I mean? It feels a little different. Um, Karen, I'm, I, she told me the water is right next to me. If y'all, I didn't cough, but let me tell you something. If I start drinking the water, then I'm going to go to the bathroom. And I've already had that one podcast where I went to the bathroom in the middle of it. And they tried to say I wasn't professional over that. Okay, we rescuing him. We're rescuing the teacher. We have decided it's, it's different. It's a little bit different, but we are rescuing him. Okay, those those are my rescues. Okay, um, and I just want to shout out to y'all for not drowning everyone I wanted to rescue. I'm going to move into this good old fashioned Hail Mary. I'm going to start it off with this. Okay, first Hail Mary is for Chick-fil-A who has decided to deliver and we bless your name, Jesus. There's no one else like you. You make a way out of no way. When there's snow on the ground, I'll bring Chick-fil-A to you. When there's no gas in the car or you're blocked in, I'll bring Chick-fil-A to you. You probably shouldn't order Chick-fil-A if you don't have no gas, but that's beyond the point. Sometimes you got to eat before you go somewhere. Lord, we just want to bless you for what you're doing in the life of Chick-fil-A. I saw that they were building a Chick-fil-A in an area where I used to live in, and I felt personally proud of Chick-fil-A. Like, I have some type of stock in the company. I thought, good for Mr. Filet. Um, that's the, the, their last name is Kathy, but that's all right. I want to call them Filet for the sake of this. Good for you. When I see Chick-fil-A just growing and always abounding in the works of the Lord, I think to myself, good for them. We want to thank God for the delivery service. I haven't used it yet, but I'm just glad that God continues to strengthen them. Okay. Jasmine quickens. Uh-huh. She feels the glory of the Lord on this. She also spoke some tongues. Earlene says, thank y'all. Come on. We thank you. Tay says, yes, God. Yes, Lord. Alicia says, Chick-fil-A is blessed. Tiana says, that special SJR sandwich is amazing. Let me tell you how I was giving out Christmas gifts when I posted our thank you video on Woman Evolve. Because some of the saints didn't know about that Chick-fil-A sandwich. 
And now that they know, their life has been changed. My husband and I went to Chick-fil-A, and let me tell you, he ordered his original, I think he ordered an original chicken sandwich, and he said, oh, that's cute. And then I ordered my chicken sandwich, and then we was eating in the car like the true people we are, okay? He opened my sandwich, and I felt the jealousy. I don't know if you've ever—have you ever walked into somewhere I was going—not the club or school— or church, but maybe the grocery store. And you know you was living your best life and you could feel the jealousy from someone on the other side. Let me tell you something. He opened that Chick-fil-A sandwich. I felt the jealousy. That Chick-fil-A sandwich is blessed, okay? Tay says, the only problem is that the menu isn't the same on DoorDash. It makes you order everything separately. Shut your mouth. That's all right. Maybe God is trying to keep us from going all the way in. Tiffany says, Chick-fil-A needs to write you a check. Do. Okay, so I'm going to leave them alone. All right, but we just, all right. We praise you, Jesus, for Chick-fil-A. I also want to give a Hail Mary to Lucy McBath. On a serious note, Lucy Lucy McBath, or Representative Elect Lucy McBath, has become a representative in the Congress... in Congress in Georgia's 6th District after the death of her son, Jordan Davis, six years ago. This story was like so incredible to me and such a testimony of taking pain and channeling it towards purpose. There is nothing, sometimes there are moments where God uses your pain and turns it into purpose and you look back and you say, you know what? What you did with this brokenness is so incredible to me that when I look back on my life, I don't even mind the pain that I went through. I don't know that that will be Lucy McBath's story. I've never lost a child. I can't imagine that at the end of the day, what she would want more than anything is for her son to be back in her life. But instead of sitting there, you know, crippled by the grief of it or feeling like there's nothing she can do about it, her pain became her fuel that allowed her to go, you know, further in life and to actually achieve change through becoming a member of Congress. And I think that that, I think that that should really help someone because a lot of times we think that my pain can only be useful if one day I look back on it and I thank God for the pain. And sometimes you don't have to thank God for the pain. You just have to see that God used the pain. And when you see that God used the pain, it helps you to be just grateful that you didn't get left where pain met you because here's the truth regardless of who you are and what you've gone through we're all going to experience a level of pain we're always going to have something in our life that hurts us whether you're a believer or an atheist like we're all human we have emotions we are going to experience traumatic moments in our life that have pain attached to them but it is what we do with that pain that determines whether or not we stop growing stop evolving stop learning stop being fully alive you know and she's into politics now that's probably something that may have not been on her mind or something that she would have never seen herself in but because she was shooting toward her pain gave her a goal because of what I've gone through I have a goal and that goal is to make 
make sure that no one else has to go through this again. When you can find the goal connected to your pain, then your purpose can become more clear. Sometimes people want purpose, purpose, purpose. Well, purpose is about digging into your pain. So let's look at your pain. Let's look at what happened to you. Let's look at your disappointments. Let's look at your fears. Let's look at your insecurities. Now let's see what is the best possible goal that can come out of this. For If you're like me, the best possible goal for me was I just want to save someone from going through what I went through. When that became my goal, I started a blog. When that became my goal, I started a ministry that I didn't even know would become what you're listening to right now. But in the buried in the crevices of my pain were seeds of purpose that you are now experiencing and connected to. But it all started because I created this goal. So if you can take a moment and discover your goal, I went through this divorce. I, you know, lost my parents. I'm grieving right now. I've gone through a depression. What is my goal? My goal is to make sure that someone understands the student loan process better than I did. So what am I going to do? I'm going to start a nonprofit. I'm going to create a pamphlet. I'm going to create a guide that is available to to seniors and juniors who are looking to graduate. You know, I'm going to start divorce support groups in my church. I'm going to do something that helps people um, navigate the pain that I have experienced. And so seeing this story, seeing this story of her, you know, becoming a member of Congress after her son's untimely death was a reminder to me that no one has to stay where pain has met them. But moving from where pain has met you is an intentional decision that you have to make. I think it starts with saying, one, I'm hurt. This thing hurt me. It broke me. I think the second thing is discovering, but what do I want to do with it? How do I want to move past it? And I think once we realize those steps, that it becomes more clear. Marquita Johnson says, my mom passed 11 years ago and today would have been her 57th birthday. I'm sorry about the loss of your mom. Praying for you on today. Glad that you get to spend a minute of it with us. Marquita, if you get a chance, type in your mom's name. I learned something while we were evacuating, going from hotel to hotel. There was a guy whose son had passed away, and he was telling us that his son died when he was a teenager, and I asked him his son's name. And then I told him, we will remember, and I put his son, you know, I inserted his son's name. I think that when someone has lost someone that is special to them, you know, we can hear the story and send our condolences, but I think if you're moved, there's something about asking the person's name, because if you can tell them I'm going to remember that person they mattered Cassandra Moss Tomlinson that is the mother of Marquita Johnson who died 11 years ago today but is being kept alive through the legacy of her daughter and so we honor you Cassandra Moss Tomlinson and the gift that you are to this world through your daughter Marquita Johnson your legacy lives on Ruthie says your purpose becomes clearer when you can find the essence behind your pain. Words, sis, you feeding us a whole meal. D'Angela Johnson said, my dad passed away in February unexpectedly. I had a baby four weeks before then, and his passing has really turned my pain into passion and purpose. Amen. That's amazing. So, yes, I wanted to give a Hail Mary to Lucy McBath, inspiring us all to just not stay where pain has met us. 
Also wanted to give a big ups to Ava DuVernay. Ava DuVernay is the director extraordinaire who just signed a $100 million deal with Warner Brothers. I thought that was so amazing. She creates such original content. I was listening to this podcast. I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically this idea about in a world full of abundance, people who find a need. Oh, I hope I remember so I can put it in the details. In a world full of abundance, people who find something that this world doesn't have to offer um, will always experience fulfillment and success. And I think that Ava DuVernay has definitely been able to do that. I probably jacked up that quote, but there's something in the world is full of so many things that, you know, grab our attention. But the person who was able to say, yeah, but there's still something this world needs is going to experience success. All right, child. Those are my Hail Marys. You know what? I low-key just got a little bit sad when I finished that Hail Mary because it just meant to me that I am probably coming to the end of this podcast and your girl is not happy. But that's all right. We're not there yet because first we have some advice questions, okay? For those of you wondering how to send me advice questions for season three of the podcast, you can slide into my DMs on the Instagram. And the first question, it comes from... Um, Chad loves Michelle. I guess there's a clip of Michelle asking whether or not like some of her first lady friends go to Beyonce or Cardi B concerts. And so someone sent me a DM and says, can you please consider this topic for Woman Evolve? I went to see Cardi in I went to see Cardi last night in Chicago, and I'm not a first lady, but my besties are. I'm scared to post for fear of church people's responses. I just want to be me. I like Cardi B, Beyonce, trap music, etc. Question mark. So the question is, like, can you still listen to these types of music, um, to this type of music, and still be considered a believer and still be saved? And the simple question is, like, yes. Like, your salvation is not contingent on who you listen to musically. I do think that your growth is contingent on what you feed your spirit, though. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with listening to that type of music as long as you know what that type of music is and you decide to... um, to monitor your intake of it in a way that allows for your spirit to still grow. Because at the end of the day, like, yes, the music is kind of, you know, it's a bop. It's a bop music. And, you know, you working out, you getting ready, you doing your makeup. It's a bop. It's a bop. But I think you have to know that that music has spirits connected to it and it's trying to point you in a certain direction, you know, whether it's your freakum dress or whether it's going off on somebody. Like that music is steering your emotions into a certain direction. And when you have decided that your goal is to be celibate or you have decided that your goal is to get closer to God, you have to know that when listening to those types of music that you are steering away from that said goal. But if you said, listen, I need to make a little bit of a detour. Life has gotten too real. I need to dance around in my bathroom for a minute. I need to work out and and lose some of this steam. You know, is there a place for that? Possibly. As long as you know, though, like I am being steered away from that goal and I need to get back on track. Like I plan to get back on the track that is leading me to becoming who I'm supposed to be. 
Tiffany says, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. How is it feeding your growth? I think you just have to know, like, there are moments where I be listening to ration music and I just be like, girl, you know you ain't getting no closer to God right now. Like, okay, just so you clear about this. Like, yes, you get in your life. Yes, you get in your dance on. But at the end of the day, it's pulling you away. So I do think... um, that you just have to know. I guess one of the first ladies who were um, a part of that conversation, one of their members is on Facebook Live, and she says, Lady Nicole Green is my first lady. The woman on chat loves Michelle that made the comment saying she doesn't listen to Beyonce. She's not judgmental at all, and the Beehive did come for her. Keep in mind, TV edited, so her entire statement was a record. Oh, I'm so, I only saw the Instagram clip. I, I hate the whole thing, really. Okay, but whew, listen, it's a lot. But I do think at the end of the day, you just got to know everything, music, television, even this podcast is trying to steer you into a certain direction. And you have to ask yourself, is this podcast, is this music, is this television show steering me into a direction that I can control, that I can um, submit to? on a long-term basis. Like for me, I wanted to be very intentional about the podcast. Like I love hot topics. I love knowing what's going on in the news, but I realized that there, like there is a thin line between just like being nosy and like figuring things out and also challenging myself to grow. So I thought to myself, instead of just intaking hot topics and giving my opinion, what if I challenge myself and others to see things from a higher perspective? And so now, even when I'm looking at news, or I'm looking at, you know, the Shade Room or TMZ where I used to look at it and just like be in people's business, to be honest, just violating Mind Your Business Ministry. Now I look at it and I try to see it from another perspective. Like I have sympathy and empathy for people who I would have been judging or talking badly about. And so my goal with this podcast and with Woman Evolve is to challenge people to see this world that we currently live in through the eyes of empathy and love and compassion so that we can can be in the world but not of the world and I think that when you're listening to Cardi B you have to say like what what am I what is the goal where are we headed with this music when I'm listening to Beyonce I went to the Beyonce concert so y'all obviously know my stance on that but I think part of the reason why I was in the Beyonce concert and just kind of felt weird is because I used to listen to Beyonce when I was like mad at somebody or you know I was about to go do something that I don't do anymore and I realized that part of me feeling uncomfortable is that me diving into the music in the way that I used to would mean that I would have to separate from who I currently am because I'm not trying to like do the things that I did before and for me to live in that space would be me cheating on who I am now and I think that's it you have to ask yourself am I cheating on my goals by indulging in whatever it is I'm indulging in and if I am am I willing to pay the price of being behind on that goal for whatever this moment is going to offer me. Let's see what Facebook Live says, though. Monica says, I feel like if you feel no conviction listening to secular music, then do you. I have a more sensitive spirit. My spiritual father can watch Law and Order without cringing, but that's okay because his relationship with Jesus doesn't and can't look like mine. 
Destiny Leonard says, this is what I had to do, especially when I was just now finding my way into a relationship with God. I had to take a break from that music so I could put all of my attention on God. Now, I listen to that music, but there are times when I have to change and put on some gospel when I feel I'm getting distant from God. I totally, I totally agree. D'Angela Johnson says, you'll know when you tell someone to turn that new school bop down. (laughs) Let's see, Cammy says, I feel like almost everything should be done in moderation. Music is one of them for me. I'll go from Tamla Man to T Grizzly in a minute. Yeah. I think um Oh I think I think you're right about that. I'm sorry, I got caught up in the comments. Okay, so there's a there's a video going around of a pastor zip lining that the Saints want me to talk about. And somebody just told me that he's the pastor of the church Sarah's coming to in February. Sarah wants to say something about the churches where Night in the Wild is. I am literally renting those facilities out for Woman Evolve. So I don't know a lot about what those churches represent in the community as much as they have the capacity to hold what we're doing um, through Woman Evolve. I saw the zip lining pastor video and... I don't have no comment on it. <laughs> how, about, how about that? Dominique Washington, though, back on this music says, I just don't think it's fair to be judged because you choose to not indulge. She never said anything about those who decide. She said she didn't want to and gave them her reason. Yeah, oh, I'm not judging nobody. That ain't my thing. Chantel says, but 90s R&B is off limits until my wedding night. It ain't safe. I'm trying to stay abstinent and safe. See, and that's what Chantel, you got to know Chantel. I can't handle it. And when you know that you can't handle it, then, hmm. You turns it off. But I think that that comes from, to one of our friends' point, is to like really diving into your relationship with God. Michaela says, this is good. Just need to be aware. You got to know this is taking me somewhere. Okay. Olivia says, Auntie Sarah, don't you start ziplining through the congregation. I can't wait. No, girl, please. First of all, if y'all ever, I can't imagine it. That's not going to be me, but that's all right. Um... But because I'm scary, not because of me judging, because I don't judge the saints. I have another advice question, and I'm going to get into it quickly and swiftly because the saints are trying to get me caught up in some stuff that I don't know anything about. Um, Keisha wants to know, am I coming to Detroit for the tour? I am. And we just found an awesome place for Detroit. We were struggling there for a minute. But yes, I'm coming to Detroit. Okay, but listen, the, the advice question. My next question Hi, Pastor Sarah. I hope this note finds you well. I'd like to get your advice. I've been married for 16 years. My husband is an only child, and we moved to the suburbs from the city for a a lower cost of living and better schools. We now live four minutes away from my husband's parents. Although they are very generous with helping out with after-school pickup for our only child, my mother-in-law does not respect the boundaries of our marriage or our household. In the last few years, she has cursed me out in front of our child because I didn't agree with her styling our daughter's hair. She came to our home uninvited one night to scold my husband for not parenting our daughter the way she approves of. When I tried to interject, she said she wasn't talking to me as she continued yelling at my husband in our home at 8 p.m. at night. She often shows up at our home without calling first when my friends or my mom is at my home, never when my husband is home. How can I heal this broken relationship? Um, I think 
that this is going to start with you having a conversation about your husband. And I think that it just simply starts not necessarily complaining because it's his mama and you can't just talk about nobody's mama any kind of way, okay? But I think the conversation starts with like, honey, dear, sweetheart, um, love of my life, um, what is the vision that you have for your mom and our relationship? Because we've been married now for 16 years. I do this all the time. People like literally cut and paste my text messages and send them to folks. But that's all right. Here we are. Um, You know, I think as marriage change changes and evolves and now we're closer, I think that we have to really have a vision for our family and our marriage. And I think that we should make sure that we have the same vision. Part of the reason why I'm saying this is because when you and your husband have a vision for the role, then both of you all can make a decision for your family based on that vision. Maybe his vision is, you know, she's my mama. I, I want her to be around and and that's pretty much it. Okay, perfect. How should we facilitate her being around? Do you think that, you know, we should just kind of have an open door policy or call first? Like what would make you comfortable? I think asking questions. So that you understand his perspective and his goals um, is a start. Then from there, I think that you all should decide whether or not you really need the generosity with the child care and the pickups and at what cost you're willing to receive that generosity. I think a one of two things can happen. You and your husband can decide, you know, we do need the help with the kids and we do need her to do this. And so we may need to invite her over for dinner just to show our appreciation. But we also may need to remind her that we're still learning our rhythm as we live in the suburbs now. And so we're going to need her to call before coming over and there are some boundaries that we're going to need to set in place or she you may decide you know what sometimes the best way to heal a boundary is to remove all boundaries um not remove all boundaries but to like implement all boundaries so what I'm saying is this like the best way to heal this may be to say, you know what, I'm going to have to put baby girl in aftercare. She's going to have to carpool. I'm going to have to figure out our work schedule so that I can pick her up. And I'm going to ask for absolutely nothing. And I'm not going to ask for nothing just because I don't want to deal with her, but I am going to ask for nothing so that I can, one, establish our ability to function as a family independent of the additional resources. And then if I have to introduce the additional resource, I'm going to do so with the assurance that, one, if you can't accept these boundaries, then I have another option. And if you can, then these are what the boundaries are going to be. I hope that's making sense. I want to hear what the delegation says. Tisha says her generosity costs. Let her pay for nanny. That's basic. Come on. We we know we saying the same thing. Um, let's see. D'Angela says, but 16 years, how was she able to work through it the years before then? I think the thing is now they live so close together that the dynamic has changed. And that's why I think no matter how long you've been married, you have to be willing to ask yourself, you know, like what, who are we now? What is the vision for our marriage now? What did, how do we function now? And because they've recently moved, I think that they have to be willing to ask that question. And in asking that question, the most important thing is 
that you and your husband are on the same page because no one is going to be able to talk to his mother the way that he can. Like, you know, I don't care how close your relationship is. You know, I'm sure there are some people maybe who are better, but I think at the end of the day, like that is his mother and he she's going to love him regardless. And so he is going to be the one who's going to help you navigate this situation. If my husband and my father and my mother were beefing, I would be the one who was mediating in between them because at the end of the day, I can translate my husband's emotions to my parents and my parents' emotions to my husband. This whole notion of we're getting married and it's just going to be us and they're not going to be in it. Like, it sounds good, but like, it doesn't really happen like that if you have a close family. So the task then becomes how can we implement and establish who we are as a family in the context of this village that we live in and I think it begins with having those conversations Heather has a simple simple request that I should have said from the very beginning and she says don't answer the door let me tell you Mackenzie knocks on my door sometimes and I could be standing right at the door and I will simply not answer I know it's not the same thing but it is the same thing at the same time because Mackenzie is my child but Mackenzie don't want nothing Mackenzie don't want nothing. Mackenzie knocks on my door to ask me, can she swallow? Mackenzie knocks on my door to ask me, can she curl up her toes? Mackenzie knocks on my door to ask me if she can sneeze. So sometimes Mackenzie knocks on my door and I don't say nothing at all. And if your mama is just, your mother-in-law is just popping it up, popping up and don't have no invitation, child... You need. Let me tell you, if all else fails and all of my little Iyanla talk don't work, this is what I want you to do. I want you to get a Nest camera or one of them ring doorbells, and I want you to live your life real quiet in your house, okay? You can't afford to be walking all hard and heavy, okay? Get a light foot spirit down on the inside of you, and when you hear that doorbell, you look at that camera, and you decide whether or not you're in the mood for it. Now, I think that'll fix it now. Whew. Tawanda says I would make her real uncomfortable. I would make her real uncomfortable for her. She will stop coming. I mean, how you going? What you going to do? Kathy says act like you do when the Jehovah Witness shows up, but duck behind the couch. I'm just saying, okay. Takari says I hope Kenzie see this. Don't do that. I'm just saying Kenzie don't want nothing. So um, the delegation, I really do think the best part of this conversation is the idea of you having a conversation with your husband, you expressing how you feel, you asking him what the vision is, you all deciding how to introduce that vision to your mom and having a backup plan just in case she's not, you know, receptive to that vision. Or stop or if you want to be see, sometimes my advice is petty. I was also going to say, just start showing up at her house. At all hours of the night and just see, but don't do that. That's petty. That's petty. I think that's plan one is talking to the husband. Okay. That's plan A. Plan B is the, is going to be the ring doorbell camera. And I think the delegation and I, if you start a GoFundMe for it, me and the delegation will try and see if we can get you this ring camera, especially if you do it at a time when they on sale. I think we can all chip in and get you that ring camera. Um, but we can't pay the internet bill. So y'all going I hope y'all gonna have to do that part. But we'll help with the ring camera. Alicia says we might need to adopt a light foot spirit in other areas of our lives. Will you oh she you wanna preach I think Alicia's gonna take over when the podcast go uh, bye bye. Okay. Kirsten says my mama does that to me and she put a keypad lock on her door because I know she heard me and I would have walked in anyway. Oh yeah. 
Mackenzie used to do that, but I told her how she can't just walk in. All right, praise the Lord. Those are my two advice questions. And I have been bumping my gums per the usual for longer than this podcast is supposed to be, but I was late, okay? So that's where we are. Um, I just want you to know, girl, my friend whose mother-in-law just stops by, it's at least three of us that got $5 on the ring camera. That's, I mean, girl, you about on your way to privacy and peace in this season. You know how we do. Before the podcast is over, we have to take a minute and have a snack. So our snack is me just taking a moment and saying, child, this is what I've been praying on. This is what I think God is doing in my life and just seeing if it resonates with anyone else. So this will be (laughs) my last podcast of season two. And I don't know if you noticed or not, but this season has been crazy for me. And you all have been here every step of the way, just seeing all of the ebbs and flows and supporting and encouraging me. And if I am honest, I am already starting to peak well into 2019. Of course, the Woman Evolve Tour is happening in February. Right now, we only have Memphis, Dallas, And somewhere else, Memphis, Dallas. See, my mind is gone. Memphis, Dallas. I'm going somewhere else. I don't even remember where. Chicago. Memphis, Dallas, and Chicago have been announced. Chicago is coming. Atlanta is coming. Charlotte is coming. So we're working. Birmingham is coming. I may do Jacksonville, Florida. So we're like working on all of these cities for 2019. My office space is going to be done. Hopefully next time I do this podcast, I'll be doing it from my office space and not my closet. But we thank God for this closet because it came in handy at a very near and dear time. I'm planning, you know, original fashion designs for Woman Evolve. We're working on original content for Woman Evolve TV. I am well into 2019. And as I was praying before I did this podcast, I really felt like God was telling me that if I spent just as much time processing 2018 as I do planning for 2019, then I will see exactly who I have become as a result of obeying and listening to God. So that is my word for you. This will be the last time you hear my voice on this podcast until 2019. And in between now and then, you will certainly have many experiences and many opportunities to start planning for your 2019 And I want to challenge you in the middle of all of your planning and in the middle of all of your executing that you take a moment and spend just as much time processing 2018. Sit down with your journal, sit down with your calendar, sit down with your Instagram and literally go back through your year and figure out who you have become. You know what this is going to do? This is going to force yourself to breathe in the moments that have shaped you this year. And in the process of breathing in these moments, you're also going to discover the newness that has come out of the hustle and bustle of this year. If I take a moment and breathe in the moments of 2019, then I will breathe in the fact that I started my own ministry that I went from not just being an author and someone who is invited to speak, but God gave me a vision for 
womanhood and faith. And he gave me this idea and I didn't just sit on this idea. I manifested it and I manifested it with like (laughs) so little to work with, Um, not a lot of money to even invest into it. Um, But I started it and God blessed it. And as God blessed it, he revealed to me that uh, I have a lot to learn, but I have the ability to learn it. And sometimes we let the fact that we have a lot to learn keep us from actually doing the work. But anytime you feel yourself saying, I have too much to learn to ever be successful, remind yourself that I still have the ability to learn. You know, I, I started this ministry that is honestly you know, outgrown my expectations for the, for even a year or two years. I, uh, if I breathe in the moments of this year, I preached more this year than I've ever preached in my entire life. Like I did some crazy, you know, preaching here Thursday night, preaching here Friday morning, flying home and preaching here Saturday, then preaching on Sunday. And for a girl who used to require like two weeks notice before getting a message together to preach back to back to back also taught me that preparation is important, but you know what beats preparation is anointing. And if preparation and anointing ever ever have a baby, then the sky is the limit. And I have learned that I am more anointed than I thought that I was. Like, here I am, the girl who like didn't even want to be called a preacher, who didn't even want to be a pastor, who didn't even want to be in ministry. And now like mostly people just follow me because I'm a preacher and people are connected to me because I am a pastor. And I just would have never thought that that would be me, but life pushed me. And it just forced me to keep finding out who I am. And it pushed me by putting me in situations where I was uncomfortable. And it pushed me by just demanding things from me that I didn't know that I had. It demanded that I be organized. It demanded that I be forgiving. It demanded that I be structured. It demanded that I learn about taxes. It demanded that I learn about S-Corps. It demanded that I learned about my DBAs. It demanded that I meet with lawyers and CPAs. It demanded that I take out a lease for an office space, a commercial office space. Let me tell you how dumb your girl is. I thought that I was going to go get an office space like you go get an apartment. Like, show me the space. I'll sign the paper. I'll give you the deposit. I didn't know it was going to be negotiations and floor tearing down. And and if I would have known that, maybe I would have thought that's too big for me. But I was thrust into it. And in the process of me being thrust into it, I became this vision of myself that I didn't know I could become. Okay, this like literally just became like my diary. But I say that to say I um, plan on breathing in the moments over the next few weeks. And I hope that... You will breathe in the moments as well. And as you're breathing in the moments, I hope that you love that woman that you are and that you love that man, because I know we got brothers listening, that you love that guy that you are becoming, that you grieve for what you've lost. I've lost so much this year, so many friendships that I thought would go the long haul, so many you know business partners that I thought were going to work out. And so to grieve that it didn't work out the way that I wanted to, but to also celebrate because God has brought new opportunities and new people into my life. Just take a moment and and breathe it all in. I'm pretty sure that I'm going to do like a a challenge on Woman Evolve TV, like a journal challenge um, that kind of helps us to process this year. 
If not me, then I'm going to have a mental health professional do Maybe that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a mental health professional do it. But, okay, listen. That's me. That's what I got. That is my snack. Breathe in your moments. Exhale your regrets. And thank God that they're still next. You know how I am. We got to say a prayer before we leave. But first, let me check in with my girls, the delegation. What do you think about that? Shanika says, such truth. It's been a year of lessons for sure. Michaela says, hug. We are your friends and business partners. I appreciate that and feel it so deeply and greatly. Carolyn says, I thank you so much for allowing the Lord to use you as he does. Again, thank you. It's my pleasure. I'm honored to serve. Karen says, yes, journal challenge. Yes, I know. Michaela says, woman evolved playing on the Bible app. I'll have to do that next year. It takes a really long time. I wanted to do that for something, but maybe around conference time, we'll do a Bible plan. We'll do a plan on the Bible app. Okay, child, listen. I can't wait to talk to you in 2019. Okay, when I talk to you in 2019, I'm going to be drinking my water. I'm going to be exercising. I'm going to be living my best life, okay? Edge is going to be intact. Weight grip going to be on. But before this was over, let's say a prayer because you know how we do. We got to give God some glory before we log on out. Oh, God, I thank you. Thank you for my friends listening to this podcast. Thank you for your consistency and faithfulness throughout this year. There are so many things that could have altered how we see the world for the worse. There are so many moments and disappointments that could have changed us to our core. But each and every time life threatened to steal our joy, you found a way to send a word that changed how we were looking at that situation. And because it changed our perspective, it changed what we received to be as truth. And so in this season of our life, as we watch the days of 2018 come to an end, we take a moment and we rest in the power and the thought and the love and the peace that comes with knowing that we are in your hands. God, if there's anything that we're hanging on to, we surrender it to you. We give you every disappointment, every regret, every fear. We turn that over to you. And in exchange, God, we ask that you give us vision and purpose and focus, not so that our name can be made great, but so that we can do something that proves to this world that you are still here, that love still exists, that kindness is still near, that mercy is at hand, and that grace covers a multitude of sin. Let us become you on this earth. And anytime we fall short, God, give us the strength to get back up. In Jesus' name. Amen. I love you. I'll see you in 2019.